It's the... Meg, John and... Justin. Podcast! Yay! Yay! (laughs) That was better. Um, So we are back. Happy New Year, dear listener. If you are following the Gregorian calendar, which I am. (laughs) Happy New Year. We're doing this, dear listener, via Google Hangout with each other. We're not in the same room. Yeah. It's working Um, okay. Yeah, I think so. Although you look a bit like someone from the Take on Me video in the eighties by Aha, though, because it's it's doing something weird with the picture, but they can't see the picture, so that's all right. No, that's just as well. I think that's probably best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll get used to it. You know, we've done a Skype one before, so yeah. um, now we're doing Hangout, and yeah. uh, in the future, who knows what Zoom. we'll do? We can we can just run through all of the potential platforms. Yeah. Yeah, give them all a go. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought, um, given that it is um, New Year, um, a lot of people around this time of year are thinking about um, making changes to their lives, making uh, resolutions, um, doing things differently. So we wanted to talk about that a bit, really. Yeah, and Uh, sort of like the idea that people might have already try to do some of that and this is probably about a time when people may well be struggling with some of the changes they have yeah instigated to keep them up or to um yeah feeling fa- feeling like a failure perhaps if they haven't managed to keep them going yeah that kind of thing so yeah. we want to be really kind to you really yeah. kind and gentle with the listeners and ourselves around what this kind of time of year can be like when there's that kind of pressure on you yeah big mm-hmm. time yeah I guess something that um, usually we chat about what we're going to talk about before we talk about it, but we didn't. Uh, we didn't. I didn't mention this bit, so maybe I'll mention this bit. So mention oh it wow, now. you're going to go off I'm script going, here I'm going again. Off script. But basically, um, I guess just from what you were just saying is that the people often people the, the reason that people often think of themselves as a success or a failure when they're mm-hmm. doing resolutions is because of the nature of the resolutions that they're doing. So yeah. it's if it's more about the um, the goal rather than the process and then it's easy to fail or to succeed and to fail is um, a really easy thing to do and it's a really easy way to kind of beat yourself up about it but if you're choosing more like process processes Mm. that you want to incorporate then you can be much more gentle and kind on yourself can't you yeah I guess that's something I was going to say too is Mm. that well I've I've historically written a bunch of really angry blog posts on angry for me blog posts on rewriting the rules about (laughs) new years and the pressure it puts people under but then this year i have found it really nice to use this turning of the year to reflect on the year gone and to think about the year coming Mm. um but i think that's because of what you just said i think i did it in a very process way yeah. I found this thing online called New Year Compass, which is a free oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Creative Commons thing if people are interested. Mm. And I actually did it like in the in the week after New Year rather than on New Year itself yeah. um, with, with somebody else just kind of filling it in as a really nice, relaxing kind of... And you can either do it sort of individually or you can do it in a way where you share it with others. Um, and it gives you loads of really interesting, nice prompts around, you know, what happened in the year previous and what you're thinking about for the year ahead. So it's very much not a kind of, you know, make a resolution and stick to it mm. from tomorrow onwards, but much more like setting intentions, you know, for the year ahead, perhaps, or yeah. the kind of thinking about the kind of things you'd like to let go of and the kind of things you'd like to invite in a really different kind of process. 
I know a friend of mine uses that and she finds it super useful. Um, yeah. I think the thing that I've been doing for me is I have been kind of trying to do this myself a little bit. I've been trying to just bring in a bit of the kind of the slowness and a bit more of the joy that I was experiencing over the like the you know I had a Christmas break like a mm. like a lot of people in the UK that you know I was trying to bring in some of that for me and to bring in some of the, I I used to love Advent I used to love the run up to Christmas now I really mm. hate it it's just so hyper uh-huh. and um uh pubs are full of amateurs who aren't usually there who don't know how to drink and don't know how to behave properly and you know it's just by the shops are just full of things that i mean obviously shops are full of things that they want you to buy that's that's what but the shops are packed aren't they they're much more yeah and it's like it's very hyped up and all the christmas lights thing it's just but i'm really enjoying post christmas and those 12 days of christmas and it's a much things really start to slow down for me and i'm so i'm really enjoying you know, even after New Year's Day, I was being quite Christmassy. I'm still putting mincemeat in my porridge. And it, so it's a nice mm. way of like, I'm trying to retain some of that slowness, slowness at the beginning of the year and trying to be quite, just trying to bring in aspects of, of that that I'm already enjoying, that just being able to be quite mindful with with things and just to be quite um, curious about things. It's just some kind of like easing into the year and I'm hoping to kind of keep that easing into the year going for as long mm. as possible. Definitely. Um, and so if I get days where I'm hyper or I'm upset about something that's happening on Twitter or something, then I'm going to try and keep reminding myself that, you know, that's okay, but just to kind of keep with this vibe of trying to be um mm. trying to be slow things down and be more mindful, which I guess is what mindfulness is. Um, yeah. But that um, is yeah, an I example guess- of process, isn't it? Uh, Well, exactly. And also, I suppose it also relates to thinking more about what we decide to celebrate, um, you know, recognising that there are multiple cultures and multiple faiths, a lot of which do have something around this time of year, but they're different somethings with different meanings. And perhaps we can, you know, so for, yeah, I suppose for me, um, this Christmas is always a weird one because I'm Buddhist. So it's kind of like, why am, why am I celebrating this anyway? Mm. Um, but I did celebrate solstice this year rather than Christmas um, because of being partners with someone who's pagan. Mm. And that was, yeah, I liked the kind of symbolism of it being around the, the day when, you know, it's the darkest day and then the mm-hmm. light's coming back from now on sort of idea that kind of felt a bit more meaningful um, yeah. to me than, than celebrating christmas itself um and then it's sort of almost like that is new year as well because it's that turning point in terms of the seasons and Mm. you know yeah it's if we've got that kind of liberation um to decide what we celebrate and why then maybe kind of being again a bit more intentional about it and thinking Mm. yeah which day do we want to do what on and if we want to do some kind of reflection maybe suit it like you say suiting it almost to the to the weather and the season that Mm. maybe it's a time for a slower reflection rather than a time for a a whizzy creative energy change kind Mm. of period and that's the thing with the the kinds of resolutions that people are encouraged to or i guess almost feel coerced into taking this time of year is that actually this time of year is probably not the best time even to be doing those resolutions Mm -hmm. um so immediately after christmas everyone gets hit with the kind of uh the weight loss adverts or the um on on the adverts on telly they're all to do with holidays with people wearing you know not very much in their you know in inverted commas beach body ready yeah um 
beach ready bodies um and so the the and also the gym adverts that we see everywhere and there is this kind of like coercion to do that at this time of year but it's almost like maybe this is maybe if people did want to to do those things then maybe actually this is probably not the best time of years for doing it no maybe it is maybe like i suppose if you sort of are if you're liking the chance to reflect and think about the year ahead i guess something i've sort of found myself doing but I hadn't really thought about it, but a sort of almost like slow resolution. Like, mm. could you start to put the stuff in place? You know, like, I suppose I've noticed I've stopped running. I wouldn't mind doing some more running mm-hmm. this year. I'm not ready to do it now and it's not the kind of weather for it. And certainly the mm. weather ahead will probably be even less so. Mm. But I've noticed um, starting to put things in place whereby I might have some time in the day for it or I've I've changed things so that, um, I won't have to be carrying a big bag when I mm. do some of the, or like I put clothes in a place where if I need to change, if I've done a run and got sweaty, you know, it's that sort of putting that kind of stuff in place that maybe come spring, it will be, yeah. there will be a space for that in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Slow resolution. Yeah. I think that's a mm. good idea. The yeah. idea that um, we might not be fully ready to do it yet, but that we are resolving to resolve like we're like that we're allowing ourselves the space where we could do it if we wanted to rather than saying we're definitely going to we're definitely not going to and also like it's something about that balance between intending something and also flexibility so Mm. remembering that you know whilst we might invite it it mm-hmm. might not it might not come in a way it's like the years that i had where i was super super ill in spring like mm. for a month or two you know would not have been ones where i could put anything like that in place and this year might be another one of those for all i know so yeah. i can invite it but hopefully in a way that means that i'm not going to feel bad if it doesn't end up being that it's a good thing for this year yeah you know? so i yeah. guess the the um that's what we're talking about here is the um, people might have started making resolutions where they start to feel that if they're doing them, they're successful. If they don't do them, then they're a failure. And people might be struggling with that already. Yeah. So I guess what we're talking about here is, can you find ways of making the resolution so that actually whatever it is that you're doing, you're okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and giving yourself an easier time over the extent to which you, you do something or don't do something. So for example, if you're mm-hmm. if you've made a resolution about trying to eat more meals that you cook for yourself that are maybe a bit healthier and to eat less uh, sausage rolls. Uh, fewer sausage <laughs> rolls. Vegan sausage rolls? Although or I am going to go out and try and find a vegan sausage roll as soon as yeah. we finish doing the podcast. I am very excited about that. I'm going to eat I'm my I'm so excited slowly. about the vegan sausage roll. I have to have one. Um, I might do, I'll get one of each and then I'll compare. But the... Um, mm-hmm. But say say if you are trying to eat more healthily and it mm. doesn't like if you've eaten a sausage roll for your lunch, like don't go into a spiral of, oh, I've I've fucked up my New Year's resolution. Oh, I'm, I'm a failure now. Uh, I may as well just keep eating sausage mm. rolls for the rest of the year. You know, the 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 more um, you know, if that is your resolution, the more meals that you're cooking for yourself that um that feel healthier to you um the better so if you're eating um uh so it's kind of i guess this is to do with like um nudge theory isn't it it's like if uh if four out of your 10 meals are home cooked kind of in a commas healthier meals then how can you nudge that up to five or six yeah yeah again it's another way of doing slow resolution isn't it to do a gradual 
like I'm going to do this a little bit more or a little bit less rather yeah. than I'm going to do this complete change where yeah. I go from, yeah, the old kind of eating to an entirely different kind of eating. Big time. And and again, I think it's holding the the balance. I remember having this conversation with the people from um, Club Soda, mm-hmm. um, who yeah. are really good kind of uh, on, on sort of people drinking less and creating kind of social events where um, it isn't all about alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were having this conversation about what a kind of mindful resolution looks like mm. and you know it's not nice it's not necessarily an either or like for some people some of the time making a big change at a time when a lot of people are making a big change is a super helpful thing to do yeah. and really helps them um commit to it um you know like v- veganuary for example you know the that fact that a bunch of people are doing that together might be really helpful mm-hmm. um but then for other people you know like all, for all the reasons we've just said you know trying to do these big huge changes is a really bad plan and i remember said i think i'd said um i can't remember even which way around it was but somebody from from club soda and and I were having the conversation about is it a good idea to try and change a bunch of stuff all at once or should you only try and change one thing? Mm. And I think one of us was arguing, look, if you only change your one thing, then all the other things stay the same. You know, so if you decide you mm. want to drink less or not drink alcohol anymore, but everything in your life remains the same apart from that. Mm. it's going to be really really hard so probably you are going to have to change all these other things too Mm. um, about your life and the way you socialize and even you know work and rhythms and all sorts um in order to sustain the the change and then Mm. you know the other on the other side of that is trying to make several huge changes all at once is a nightmare you know start start small and Mm. make the one change and then let the other changes follow if they do and again i don't think it's our old you know what does it open up what does it close down rather than there being a right and wrong way Uh, but just like um so sometimes i do think that small things can start to make a difference as we talked about in our queer eye queer eye episode that um Mm -hmm. Oh, we love queer. Um, small things can make a difference. Love it. Yeah, critical of it, but it's it's unfair for the uh, for resolutions to be entirely individualistic when there are no um, when people aren't making the structural changes that we need in order to be happy. Right. So yeah. you know, if governments are going to continue to um, uh, enact policies where people aren't getting uh, fairly paid and fairly treated and and well looked after and with getting their mental health looked after and um mm-hmm. you know that people are having to work so much and, and they don't get any time off it's really unfair for governments and charities to kind of team up to say well maybe you should spend this month thinking about your well-being and your and how well, much just, you drink and stuff. yeah exactly it's this kind of double bind of the current kind of capitalism is that the thing very things that have encouraged everybody to be quote unquote unhealthy in mm. the first place and then 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 responsibility is placed on the individual um for changing it um yeah and it's yeah it's really problematic on all fronts um so i think that um yeah i suppose i'm, I'm more and more aware of the fact that we need systems and structures to support us mm. you know we're not when i guess this is the thing that this current form of capitalism says that we're these atomized individuals but we're not you know we're interconnected yeah. and if we look to other ways of understanding humans around the globe and if we look to intersectional feminism you know we get this idea of people as interdependent interconnected mm. um we can't we can't just make changes on an individual level it's it's way too much to put it it's not it's just not possible so ha- i think you know a big question if we are looking to make change is like how can we have the systems and structures around us 
in our lives that will support that change that we want to make mm. um can it be a can it be our whole family changes in that way or mm. our community changes can we make a a joint resolution mm. you know maybe just maybe just in the in a couple you know of like mm. you know how are we gonna how are we gonna support us each other to make these changes mm-hmm. or maybe in a wider system and again like you say that it's morally bankrupt of governments and and charities to be encouraging individual change without any systemic and structural change if people haven't got the resources Mm. and the capacity because of the other ways the government is treating them yeah 100 percent but i guess on that level if we're talking about the different levels of resolutions and the different levels of ways that we can support each other a good example Mm. is is drinking um and how we, how might we support somebody who's saying to us, I'm not drinking for this month or I'm cutting down yeah. or I'm trying to have, drink more mindfully or I'm just only ever going to have soft drinks but I'll still come to the pub and stuff. Like, how yeah. can we, how can we make, um, how can we bring in consent there to make people feel that, uh, we've talked about this before, but about how people don't feel like they're being um, pressured or yeah. that then that people, how can we make sure that people don't feel like they are the fun sponge or the fun police because they exactly and, and it's really it's really subtle isn't it that mm. like um i think i think you know so if i i'm now living with a lot of vegans and yeah i've kind of floated towards uh, vegetarianism and pretty much have decided since the new year i'd really like to to continue that mm. and what i really notice is the complexity of it is not at all that I would think that my friends who aren't vegetarian would pressurize me to eat meat Mm. but just our rhythms and our habits you know the kind of places we might go to eat or the really nice habits we have of which takeaways we tend to get Mm. in those relationships I just don't want to you know I don't want to change those um Mm. and so I don't actually you know I'm sure if I say to the people concerned you know I I want to eat vegetarian Mm. but it's it's about the you know, really bringing them on board to support that. And that might mean going to a different restaurant or take, getting a different takeout or, mm. you know, changing something that, you know, that may be a bit of a loss, I guess, and also recognising that loss. You know, mm. it may not be huge, but it's going to be a bit of a loss if we can't go to our usual venue or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Um, again, like, so, so it's impossible. You know, I know if I don't have those conversations, then I will just fall back into what we always do. Mm. So it is, you know, it has to be... Um, a systemic shift within my interpersonal relationships. Well, I guess that's the thing is that we're that whenever we're making a resolution for ourselves, then often that is going to have an impact on another relationship that we're having with another person. And unless that relation, unless the other person is willing to go with us on yeah. on doing their bit of the change, then we are just going to fall back. And that's I think what happens a lot with resolutions is that. Yeah. Um, that actually, as you're saying, unless the dynamic shifts, unless the other person really hears that this person wants this dynamic to shift or wants for, want, wants to give it as much um, opportunity to shift as it possibly can, then mm-hmm. if they don't change and they just kind of think, well, I still want to order the, from the same pizza on a, every Friday night or I still yeah. want to have this fourth round of drinks or whatever then you know then things aren't going to change are they so Mm -hmm. it is that kind of um how can groups support individuals but also how can individuals be having conversations with people in the group about what the resolution means for them and what it is that they what kind of support they might want and how um they're not wanting to necessarily change the other individual but that they are being real about wanting to change the dynamic of what they do a lot Mm -hmm. of the time 
Yeah, to sort of open up somebody's possibilities, really. And I suppose very much it's even more starkly the case if you cohabit in any way Mm. that, you know, that's going to have to be a systemic change within that family or that group of cohabitees or whatever, that it's going to be really hard for just one person within that to make a change when nobody else is making it or supporting, you know, big, you know, just long conversations about how we can support each other with such changes, especially if they are really tied to important aspects of a person's physical or mental health. Mm. I mean, I'm thinking about somebody who's living with a family who decides at New Year that they want to go, they want to become a vegetarian and no one else that they're living with is is a vegetarian. Mm. So, you know, that's going to have a large impact on the system, right? That yeah. we're, that, that's what well, that's, well, that would be in the situation. So mm. that's kind of asking other people to... Um... <laughs> well, I suppose there's a few things that we want to say about wider culture mm-hmm. and resolutions. Um, the idea that, you know, resolution, the, the way, just like the way Christmas is done, now is very much Im- embedded in a certain kind of capitalism mm. so is the way that new year is kind of the, the kind of standard way to do new year or the taken for granted way it's like obviously historical it wasn't something people used to do it's not something people do in mm. all cultures um and you know is it worth thinking a bit about how that's a kind of <laughs> capitalist trap mm. <laughs> for people you know um it certainly seems to encourage people to spend a lot of money um on, and particularly sets people kind of up to fail, which is a good way of ensuring that they keep spending a lot of money um, or that they spend a lot of money and don't actually use the thing that they've spent the money on. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I guess there is... Um, so they're kind of... I mean, the thing that I was thinking of there when you are talking there was about our criticism of a lot of sex advice, that, you know, mm. a, lot of, a lot of sex advice that people are given sets them up to fail because it's... Um, it doesn't talk about how actually everybody's bodies are different and not everyone likes one particular kind of sex, yet we're trying yeah. to promote this one kind of sex and tell people to do it in lots of different positions and to only do it monogamously and but do it in front of a mirror. And so that's going to set mm-hmm. up a lot of people to fail because there is something intrinsic about that not being good advice. And I think that's true about a lot of resolutions that people are kind of encouraged to make, particularly around things like dieting. Like mm-hmm. studies are study after study shows that diets don't work. In yeah. the way that in the way that they're sold, um, and that actually, and also study after study, looking at um, you know from uh, fat activist communities, looking at you know the problematic way that we address things like what does overweight and obesity mean, and the, the way that yeah. they are, uh, the very basic way that they are. Um, that those terms are weaponized against people. Um, exactly. So. So it's so a lot. A lot of it isn't is a lot of it is a lot of this really just comes down to making people feel bad about themselves in order that they yeah. buy something. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't actually, like you say, that's quite a good diet's a good example. Is mm. that you know the evidence suggests it never gives you the thing you were looking for in the first place. It's not going to give you happiness, but it's not even going to give you weight loss. Even if we agreed weight loss was a good thing, which mm. we can seriously question. Yeah. Um, as you say, um, and I think a lot of them are like that. That they're. You know, there's this horrible paradox that the mm. things we're encouraged to change through self-help and through New Year's resolutions are actually going to take us towards the the thing we didn't want in the first place. Like trying to be happier makes mm. us sadder, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so trying to be thinner makes us fatter. You know, it's it's kind of like there's yeah. so many things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's because a lot of the because being happy is uh, is a is a fixed goal. 
uh, mm. that people kind of choose for themselves in the same way that people talk about, you know, having an orgasm that we, we've talked about on previous yeah. podcasts. But rather than talking about, okay, what processes do I need to have in place where happiness is like, it could be more likely to happen if it if it happened. Yeah, you know? and 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 actually, one of the ways to you know just like one of the ways to make orgasm more likely is to stop trying to have an orgasm. One mm. of the ways to ha- make happiness and much more likely is to get okay with feeling all the other emotional states. Yeah. Um. So I think that's another thing to think about with resolutions: is are you yeah are you setting up a goal that's actually going to make it less likely you're going to achieve that goal? Mm. Um. And um. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, you've got some interesting ideas about um different kinds of resolutions that might actually be, um, you know, if we were to switch resolutions around um, yeah. to make them more about um, not necessarily this idea of making us better or happier or, 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 or whatever, but, what you know, might there be a different way of looking at resolutions that might be interesting as well, do you think? Yeah, so countercultural resolutions is, I guess, uh, this just I stumbled over this idea because um, so a bit of history is that when I was growing up in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, my teacher at school, um, I think we'd moved house recently. It was very much like a, the, the setup in Inside Out, the Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'd moved house and I was crying a lot um, mm. in my new school um, and at home. And the teacher apparently advised my mum to create a cry chart because we were in the time of behaviorism in, okay. the, in the 1970s. So any behavior that a kid did, you know, that wasn't um, appreciated, you would try and train them out of um, wow. either by punishing the bad behavior or by rewarding the opposite. And luckily, the cry chart was more on the reward than punishment side. Um, wow. But unluckily, um, the idea was basically if I cried, I didn't get a gold star that day. And if I didn't, if I managed to get through the day without crying, I got a gold star. And if I managed to get X many stars in a week, then I'd get a comic or something sweets at the end of the week. And um, needless to say, this has done a number on me over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of explains why I'm such an advocate of staying with feelings um, and having all Big of time. the feelings. Anyway, this year I realized that one one fun thing to do around this could be to finally reclaim the cry chart. Yeah. Um, so I've created um, a counter cry chart whereby I get stars every time I cry. I think that's um, an extremely and, good idea. And I've had a lot of fun coming up with my system of like how many stars I get for what kinds of crying and um, what kind of context for crying give me extra stars and what kind of things I might get for the stars that I receive. Um, and then, of course, there's the paradox, <laughs> though, of like, now I really want to cry. So, <laughs> so I'm probably going to cry less. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been really fun to share that with people as well mm. um, in my life um, and to kind of make it a uh yeah kind of reclaiming fun kind of thing and and it being this countercultural like actually we're going to you know we're going to really reward expression of emotion yeah um i guess what it's I, I guess what's that that is also doing though is to um it's almost like a resolution to stay with your feelings though isn't it so it is yeah. kind of like a a really beneficial resolution it's like it's your you're having to do a counter uh a Countercultural resolution because 
everything we're told is that crying is bad. But actually, yeah. you're you're you found a way to give yourself permission to stay with your feelings using exactly a yeah on a deeper level. There's a kind of fun level to it. There's a reclaiming level. There's a countercultural level. But on a deeper level, I think it's helping me to notice a bit more mm. though that early. You know, like to notice sadness and to notice am I just pushing that down in order to get on with work, or could I make some space right now to mm. feel the sadness, or could I invite that sadness back later? Mm. You know, because yeah, it's re. re- She's shifting my relationship with sadness. Like it's um, a similar yeah. thing to what people to people doing um, like gratitude lists, isn't it? That's a yeah. thing that people do where they people are in. I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I guess it's that the people are encouraged to write a list of all the things that they're grateful for at the end of a day as part of their journaling kind of activity. Mm-hmm. There might be something a bit problematic about it because it's like you shouldn't have your difficult feelings because you should be grateful to. Yeah. Uh, have food and a pencil and some paper or, or whatever, but and a and a bed to sleep in, but which we should be, but as well, but we should also be able to uh, also have difficult thoughts and and feelings about other stuff as well. But um, I guess it is like a it's the process involved in that is mm. is the thing is a bit um, is just giving people permission to to note those things down. I guess. Exactly. And maybe, you know, again, maybe it's about tailoring it to where you're at within your wider culture as well. It's like, you know, you're, yeah, not everybody, the cry chart would not be appropriate for everybody because they'll have had really different messages. Hmm. Um, and similarly, you know, so the gratitude thing might not be good for everybody. It might be that actually someone who really struggles to be angry, it's much more about allowing themselves to list the thing they're angry about, you know, to yeah. gradually invite more anger in. Um yeah. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's, you know, it's figuring out what works for you and then putting, again, as much as you can, the systems in place to support it. Mm. So it's not, you know, I think me doing this on my own wouldn't have been great. It's the fact I've been able to share it like on New Year's Eve, the first day of the first day of the calendar that I've bought. Mm. um, I was chopping onions for my house. So I did (laughs) cry a bit. And then I took a selfie of me crying with the onion and like sent it around my friends to say like does this count <laughs> you know and it's like <laughs> that kind of um yeah the kind but it's it's a sort of funny but it's also like using my support network um to be on board this with this with me yeah um yeah and i think that's a good thing to for everyone to think about whether whether they're making countercultural res- resolutions or general usual kinds of resolutions it's like too much to expect you to be able to do it all on your own yeah you're going to need that systemic change as well around you mm. um so talking about it with the people around you who are involved is really important because mm. those changes might also affect those people and affect yeah. your relationship with those people particularly if the thing you're making a resolution about is quite central to the, to your relationship so really in order mm. for a resolution in order for many resolutions to actually, in inverted commas, work or for you mm-hmm. to be able to sustain them, it is going to need for, it is going to require others to be part of that. And that does involve a consensual conversation, right? It does involve yeah. like some intentionality about, okay, well then this is a way that we could change our relationship, but recognizing that there, that, that there are going to change, there are going to be changes that, um, that will happen or need to be made, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does it open up and what does it close down? Mm. Um, how, you know, how would we maintain the things that we find valuable 
with this shift in place, mm. you know, um, yeah, like I think definitely these things like uh, going vegetarian or vegan or drinking less, you know, may well affect the kind of rhythms of a friendship or any kind of relationship in ways that need a bit of unpacking mm. between the people involved of like, how are we going to keep the things that we value? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how is it, you know, is there's so many, and also what are the options? You know, is it like, we're going to keep doing the same things we did, but the person who's made the change is going to do the different thing. Mm. And the person who hasn't made the change is going to do the same thing. Or is the person who isn't making the change going to kind of come on board to support, mm. um, you know, like, yeah, there's just a multiple possible ways of mm. making the change, but they do have an impact and it's not, it's about making sure that we recognize that, um, and, and yeah, we do time. it as a systemic shift rather than an individual shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else to say about resolutions? I think just like being, trying to be super kind to yourself. Um, yeah. You know, it, again, not setting it up as the success and failure, but setting it up, like you said, as a process, um, experimenting, being playful. Mm. And if, it, if, if what's discovered is this isn't a sh- change you can make right now, that being okay... Mm. Um, I'm thinking of like Brené Brown's work around failure. There's mm. all of this stuff now about how embracing, you know, failure is the thing we learn most from. Mm. Um, embracing failure is is again another good countercultural thing to do in a culture mm-hmm. that says we have to succeed, 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 and mm. defines what that means. Mm. Um, so you know, maybe seeing failure as a super interesting thing. I think Brené Brown was talking about an organization that produces like some glossy handout every year of their failures, Mm. like, and is really transparent about them. You know, we can do a lot for other people if we talk about our failures on social media and what we've learned from them. And, you know, again, try and change to a culture that isn't all success oriented, given that that's sort of impossible and miserable. And also, I just think that if you're not failing, you're not really trying hard enough. I think often people are saying, mm. oh, this is the work of Carol Dweck, Dr. Carol Dweck, the educational psychologist, that if people are so, um, if people are wanting to succeed all the time, then they will always remain in their comfort zone in the sense that yeah. they, because they don't want to fail. So they will never really see what it is that they're capable of doing because they're so scared of failure that they're not willing to kind of push the edge of, of getting into their stretch zone and thinking about, okay, what is it that we could do here? Or what is it? Could I, you know, could I learn to do this thing? And so often, I guess that's the thing to think about with resolutions is that staying in your comfort zone doesn't necessarily mean that you're um, succeeding. It might be worth kind of, I guess there might be a thing to consider about thinking about what failure might look like and how it might feel and what you could learn from it and, Mm-hmm. For me as a person, I suppose there's a Samuel Beckett quote about it, which I always forget. But look it up, Samuel Beckett <laughs> failure on failure. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So I think that's interesting. And also, just the last thing, I don't can't remember whether we've mentioned this or not. That if you are struggling with resolutions, uh, um, don't forget that in the north, particularly this is a northern hemispherist. Uh, yeah, this is uh, relevant to the people, those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, which me and MJ definitely are, is that it's a mm-hmm. rubbish time of year to be making these changes quite often because yeah. it's still um, we still don't get very much uh, daylight. It's pretty cold. Um, mm-hmm. and We're probably feeling financially pinched if yeah. we have been celebrating anything around this time of year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's not much... Um, uh, it's hard to find kind of fresh... Uh, like produce, for example, in shops because things yeah. aren't growing and things are more likely re-imported. to be sick this time of year. So yeah. we start something and then we get ill and we have to look after ourselves and then the rhythm's gone. 
So it might be that you have, like we were saying before, that you have a resolution to to have a resolution, but that you don't necessarily have to do anything about it, and you don't have to be completely smashing it out of the park right now yeah. because you might. What be about like taking the next two months, three months to slowly put things in place mm-hmm. um, towards that change you're interested in making? Feel into whether it might be possible for you. Start having that conversation with the people in your support network and your system. Um, you know, think about, yeah, whether it's where it's at in terms of cultural norms. Is this, are you making the shift because of cultural pressure or is it something mm. you do kind of want to do or a bit of both? Yeah, all of that could be like your plan to yeah. gradually work up to a change, which you may or may not make and which may or may not happen the way you expect it to happen. And either way, that will be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I've got one last thing. <laughs> Go on. And if you are doing a resolution and you are this person who is like, uh, you know, I'm going to succeed at this. If you are going to do that, remember that not everyone else around you might be. So one thing that you could do, which is kind to everyone else around you, even if you do think you are completely smashing it and you're going to the gym every day or you're doing yoga every morning or whatever, it's like, remember that other people might really be struggling with it. And that so you can, it's a good idea to like speak for yourself and say what value you're getting from it, but don't try yeah. to imply that other people should be doing the same That's thing right. Well. And you are part of everyone else's system. That's yeah. a really important thing to remember. So like um, a particularly important one is, is curating your social media. Like mm. if you've decided I'm going to make a change to lose weight, mm. for example, mm. and you want to sort of talk about that on social media, then, you know, just starting with a post that says who'd like to hear this because I'm aware that this isn't something everyone buys into for some really important reasons. Yeah. Maybe sharing a few for activist, um, you know, pieces on there to, to give people the reasons why it's definitely not a thing that everyone needs to be doing. Um, but if for your own personal reasons, that is something you want to be doing, then curating your support network around it of people who want to be part of that and want to hear it yeah. and uh, not spamming the people who really don't for whom it might be incredibly triggering or, or uh, unhelpful. So on um, so on Facebook, for example, you could create a Facebook group where people might, you could ask invite people to follow your progress around a particular thing that you're wanting to do and maybe you yeah. could kind of support each other doing that um or you could create a filtered post where um people opt in to see these posts or um mm-hmm. or something like that but yeah it's that kind of being kind around everyone else and not making people um feel like they have to um take part in whatever it is that you're doing that you're not giving people this kind of peer pressure yeah exactly whilst also if we acknowledging do that, your like... own privilege that you're able to do it in the first mm. place yeah the privilege to be able to do it and also like thinking again really carefully about these norms it's like is the thing you're doing just part of an assumed norm about what a successful life is mm. that actually you know again it makes me think of Sarah Ahmed's work that's all about this kind of normative life course and that only people certain people have access to it mm. um you know if you if you're just um without thought you know going into a kind of you know celebrating earning more money or celebrating mm-hmm. being able to go to the gym or whatever it is mm. um you know, who, who doesn't get to do that? Who's excluded from it? How, yeah. how are you part of a system that's saying that that's a good thing? If, if everybody's patting you on the back and other people are seeing that, you know, let's be really careful about assuming that one way of life is better than another. Big time. Yeah. Cool. That feels like a good place to leave it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start talking about love next in the lead up to Valentine's Day. Yeah. We've got a couple of, that we're going to do. Lots of ideas about love. Yeah. So. 
Yes, watch this space for all the love podcasts. <laughs> you can imagine how unremittingly positive we're going to be about love. Oh, we are. We're going to be it? so into romantic love for Valentine's Day. <laughs> we're going to be encouraging you to like buy the shit out of all of those mm-hmm. soft toys, the cards, mm-hmm. you know, wow. make sure you go for a really expensive meal on the night of Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of thing is what we're so going to Everything gonna, has to be pink and red. Absolutely. We're going to be encouraging you to do a lot of public proposals as well, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Get public proposal. Especially, it's got to be a surprise. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And you've got to tell someone <laughs> that you love them as well all the time. Yes. You, you just... Probably somebody who you're not sure if they love you back, but maybe go and do it on like cards in front of their door, even if they've got a, another partner and yeah. they seem pretty happy with them. Yeah. <laughs> What you need to do is to kind of, um, you know, make a whole evening out of it as well. Yeah. You know, uh, cook them a delicious dinner and then hold their hands at the end and look into their eyes and say, I love you. Yes. Uh, just in order that they, you know, they feel like they have to say that they love you back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the pressure, pressure and uh, persuasion is the order of the day. hundred <laughs> percent. It's not romantic if it isn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm glad anyway. you're on side. That's the next. Just... That's the next one. <laughs> uh, okay, so well, I hope no one's listening to this for the first time and thinks we're for real on that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. We were being sarcastic. That was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening, dear listener. Yeah. Till next. Until time. Until next Bye. time. Bye.